Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Football Sunday, so good times ahead, hopefully. Uh, at least enjoy the action. A uh, couple Millie Maker contests available on DraftKings, so try to get ready for that. But want to get into the picks uh, for the week, as well as uh, the breakdown of uh, uh, the DFS plays I'd be interested in uh, for each game. So uh, we'll get right into it. And lead off with our first game and get this clunker out of the way. We have the Jets going uh, to play the Patriots, and man, this is a rough one. Actually, no this uh, this game's uh, this game is in New York, uh, but uh, I'll be honest, I hate this game. Uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson, second career start. Bill Belichick against a rookie. Just have zero interest in this game whatsoever. Mac Jones isn't any good right now. I know folks uh, want to say that he had some flashes last week against Miami. I don't know about that. Uh, To me, this is the worst game of the entire day, so I'm just crossing this one off entirely. Uh, New England is favored by five and a half. I guess, yeah. I I know I just talked about uh, home underdogs, but the, the uh, last week. But the issue I have here is the Jets' offensive line is a complete mess, and New England, as I, as I said before uh, in my season preview, New England's got their defense back. The New England defense can absolutely run roughshod over the Jets. Uh, the Jets struggled against Carolina, and I don't think Carolina is that good. We're going to see. We are going to see how good Carolina actually is because I have my doubts, and I think New England is a much better defense. I, I think this is going to be a rough rough game for the Jets. The only thing is, is that I'm not entirely sure New England's going to score that many points because I don't think the New England offense is very good right now, and the Jets have a solid enough defense that as long as the offense doesn't turn the ball over too much in their own territory and this just becomes a punting battle, uh, it should be relatively low scoring. So, uh, like I said, no interest in anyone from a DFS perspective. I mean, you can consider the defenses, but New England is pricey. The Jets are one of the cheapest defenses on the slate at 2200 on DraftKings. Uh, you can you can certainly go there in terms of your builds. Um I'll probably end up there uh, more than a few, depending on what I need from a salary perspective. But, yeah. Uh, that, like, let's just move on. Ooh, another clunker. Yeah, let's just get the AFC East out of the way. Uh, Buffalo going to Miami. I mean, the Dolphins. I'll say this. Uh, you know, Everyone expect, expects this to be a smash spot for Buffalo. Probably should be a smash spot for Buffalo. But the Dolphins should play this game tough for the Bills. Make it miserable. Dolphins, three and a half point underdogs. I think the Dolphins could stay in this one as long as Tua stays within the offense. 
They just kind of do what they need to do and kind of move the chains. Don't get too crazy. Don't turn the ball over, obviously. And that way you kind of limit the ability for the Bills to just keep taking deep shots down the field. As long as Miami uh, just is able to chew up clock. So that's where I'm kind of looking at this and saying, yeah, I kind of like Miami's chances to keep this one close. And, yeah, you know, in picks, pulls, I'll probably take a home underdog that I at least think has a chance to win the game. I mean, the obvious DFS play here is play Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs. I mean, that's the obvious play, but I I would say if you want to play on this game, the play I would be looking at is Emmanuel Sanders at 4K uh, on DraftKings, uh, also pretty cheap on FanDuel. Um, but the the truth of the matter is that in terms of uh, the actual uh, uh, plays, I, I'm just kind of looking at it from the perspective of if you're looking at uh, Buffalo being able to move the ball, it, they're just going to be chucking it. Uh, realistically, they're just not. Uh, there's not. Uh, there's not going to be a whole ton of uh, plays where you know. I, unless it's like goal line carries, I, I'm just not seeing uh, any. Yeah, I, I just no. I'm not playing Bills running backs. It's just like eventually the Bills running backs have these games where they just uh, pull off a, like a touchdown or two, and it sucks people into playing them. But I, I you know, if if they beat me, they beat me uh, in fantasy purposes wise. But I, I just don't. I don't see the value in the in the plays for for Buffalo this week. Uh, to me, it's just not that kind of a it's not it's not that kind of a, a play in in my opinion. I mean, I'm just I'm just being perfectly blunt there. It, it's just it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It it just doesn't. Uh, you know, kind of looking at it, uh, and you know. Going back through it again, um, I, I I look at this game and say Buffalo should win, uh, but Miami should play them tough. Uh, I, I just like the hook for Miami at three and a half. I think this one stays close enough, but I, I'm not. I I don't see myself really playing this from a DFS perspective. Uh, but it, you could always keep. Uh, Allen and Diggs in play, but I would say to get different because there are people who will play Allen and Diggs no matter what. Uh, I think you have to get creative, and the way to get creative, in my opinion, is to go with uh, Emmanuel Sanders because I don't think I think people would go to Beasley instead of Sanders, and I think Sanders is going to be running more of those routes uh, to kind of go uh, uh, to go. Uh, in, into especially in in the red zone situation, I think Sanders um, makes uh, more sense than Beasley in terms of a red zone target. So I, I'm I'm leaning in that direction. But like I said, I, I just don't see myself eventually having exposure to this game. So take that for what you will. Next up, Cincinnati versus Chicago Bears, three and a half point favorites. I'll be honest. I have concerns here because, you know, we got, I mean, we could say the Andy Dalton revenge narrative, certainly, but the more I keep thinking about this game, the more I'm just saying, you know, Cincinnati has the offense to give the Bears defense fits in the second half. Who's to say that Cincinnati can't pull off a win here? I just, I, I'm a little bit torn here because I, I get, I get the Bears play in saying that the Bears defense is going to hold and shut them down, but I just keep looking at this game and Chicago's three and a half point favorite. Ah. If you're telling me Andy Dalton is going to be able to put together enough drives to win by a touchdown or four points. I, I don't I, I just don't see it. Like to me, this, this game screams like 
a low scoring like 24-21 type game. I just I don't see enough offense here to justify the extra hook. I I'm probably going to take the Bengals uh to cover the spread even if they don't win this game. And I still think the Bengals could win this game. I just I just kind of look at this one as like uh, another game where I'm probably going to cross it off. Like the only guy I might have interest in this game is Allen Robinson just because he didn't get a whole ton of targets uh, uh, last go around. But, you know, when you look at the landscape of this game, you know, there's just not a whole ton of targets that they're going to be you know, they're they're really going to be viable in this game. I I just, you know, Mooney's a nice player, but it's like, to me, Andy Dalton's not going to stretch the field enough. It's like, Allen Robinson's going to have to get himself in wide open positions to have Dalton uh, go ahead and throw him the ball. That's the way I kind of look at this. It's like, you need need a, a stud to uh, make Andy Dalton function as a QB. And that's where I just kind of look at it. It's like Allen Robinson's going to have to do the, uh, carry the bulk load once again on his shoulders to get himself open enough for uh, Dalton to get the pass to him. I mean, that's just the way I see it. So uh, just not really interested in this game. Uh, I know folks will probably be looking at mixing, but no, this doesn't feel like a mixing game to me. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. The Bears got torched last week by the Rams, and I gotta know, uh, gotta think that they have been working on that all week long to avoid the uh, deep shot uh, bombs uh, that they got blitzed by with the Rams. So I, I, I just will stay away from this one. Here's another snore fest: Denver going to Jacksonville. All right, here's the play: Denver should smash this team. Teddy Bridgewater is a game-managing, check-down-type QB. There are two plays from this game I want. I want Noah Fant, and I want Javante Williams, the rookie running back. Here's the thing. Folks are going to be looking at Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is completely washed. He was terrible in the Giants game. Until he got a very fortunate break where the Giants just blew their assignments and gap responsibility. And Gordon was able to uh, uh, run it down for a 70-plus yard touchdown. Other than that, he did diddly squat in that game. He's got no burst whatsoever. Javante Williams uh, was already splitting carries with him. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't understand... How uh, it hasn't already been announced that Javante is the starter. But, you know, they're doing this timeshare to lower his reps. uh, So I guess he doesn't hit the rookie wall. But, you know, the Broncos aren't very good. So they're actually going to need Javante Williams uh, to carry the football quite a bit if they want to have any shot at uh, making the playoffs. So to me, he's going to have to start increasing his workload. So I look at this as the perfect spot because you're going to be up anyway. Then come fourth quarter, you use uh, Williams as the uh, late game hammer and just get him over 100 yards on 20 carries and call it a day. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon should not be touching his ball more than 10 times. You don't need, it, like, even if you actually did value Melvin Gordon, which I don't, but even if you did value him, you wouldn't be playing people that you value very much against the Jaguars. Even without Jerry Judy, they're going to be able to throw the football. Uh, you know, could you consider Tim Patrick? Yes. Am I going there? No. Because realistically, Teddy's not going to be throwing down the field all that much. I just wouldn't be going to a Tim Patrick uh, because, you know, realistically, his asset is his speed, not necessarily the route running, which is what we normally would get with uh, Judy anyway. So, to me, no offense going to be open for days against this defense. Uh, And like I said, I want Javante Williams for the late game hammer. They're going to cover this six and a half pretty easily, in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, 
realistically, I, I think this is a pretty straightforward matchup. Uh, Denver defense also in play against Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, he's uh, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, but it's going to be a learning curve, and this Jaguars team is terrible, and they don't even use James Robinson properly. Uh, just give me Denver and call it a day, even if it is not very exciting. Moving on. Another stop. Man, these early games are rough. Uh, Cleveland hosting uh, the Texans. I mean, listen, Cleveland's a 12.5-point favorite. The only way Cleveland loses this game is if somehow Cleveland does not give the ball to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb should absolutely feast on Houston. I'm going to be playing a ton of Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb somehow does not have a monster fantasy day, it is not because of Nick Chubb. It is because of bad play calling by the Browns getting too cute. Uh, I mean, I don't even think they – it doesn't even look like Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be ready to play this game either. He was a game-time decision last week. This week it doesn't even sound like he's going to play, uh, you know, yeah, you can play Jarvis Landry as well. I just don't... The, the Texans were terrible on the ground uh, last week uh, against the Jags, and the Jags just didn't take advantage of it. The Browns should smash this team. Smash... Like, honestly, just let Chubb and Hunt run for 50 carries between the two of them. You can easily do it with that offensive line. Just move the pile and just run it down their throats. It's going to be the easiest way. Like, Baker should not be throwing more than 15 times this game. It doesn't even make sense for Baker to be throwing against this Texas team because it's too easy for them to run the ball on the Texans. I don't care. Like, this is so straightforward. Uh, I'm taking the Browns, and I'm taking Nick Chubb. It really is that simple. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. Uh especially with uh, uh, Chubb's pricing uh, because uh, Chubb's co- uh, Chubb is going to be coming in uh, very cheap. Uh, I mean, uh, realistically, Chubb, uh, Chubb, I believe, is only going to be about uh, 7800 on DraftKings. I, I just, I, I think this is just too easy. It's like, the, it, it would literally be the Browns shooting themselves in the foot if Chubb does not run for 120 yards in this game. It's just, it's too easy with that Texas front line. It really is. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, the, the, this is not a over uh, a game to get overly complicated about. Next up, we got the Rams traveling to Indy to play the Colts. Rams had the Sunday night game. You know, could that be a concern because of the travel? It's a 1 o'clock game. Yeah, it very well could be. The only thing about this is that I still have very much uh, of a concern about when it comes to uh, Carson Wentz and that indie offense. I'm, I'm still not convinced they're getting the job done. And I think they're going to need more time. So, Indy's a three and a half point underdog. This is the game that's probably going to burn me. I would just pass this game, to be honest. I wouldn't even bet this game. For, for pick spools, I'm I'm going to take I'm going to take uh, uh, the Rams. But could Indy pull? a clover out of their hat in the fourth quarter to get this to like a three-point loss because the Rams get tired since they played Sunday night and it's a one o'clock game. You know, the record of teams that play Sunday night uh, Sunday night or Monday night and then have to travel for that one o'clock game, it's just not good. It really isn't. So, to me, I, I, I'm a little conflicted. It, it, it's just one of those uh, games where I just kind of look at it and say, yeah, I, I want, I want the exposure to be minimal in this game. I, I just, I don't really see a whole lot of value in this game. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, on the Rams side, yeah, I can play Stafford, 
but it's like if I'm playing Stafford, I hate choosing between Cup and Woods. One guy's going to go off, the other guy isn't. Last week it was Cup. I think this week it's probably Woods, but am I entirely confident on that? No, I think Cup could still go off uh, for a consecutive week. It's just that Cup's more expensive now. I'm just stacking. I would just stack uh, Stafford with Cup and Woods and call it a day. Uh, it's not going to win you a GPP. Uh, it'll, you know, if the Rams go off, it'll get you close. But because you know they're not, you know, not everyone's going off. You're not going to win a GPP that way. That's why it's you know, it, it's probably for the best where you just pick one of them. But like you're gonna need a, a multi-enter uh, to kind of get that uh, get that build right. So, like I said, it's like I don't really want much exposure to this game. The indie side, not interested in anyone. You know, Pittman was chalk last week, busted. People won't play him th- uh, this week. Uh, I would say it's worth giving uh, Pittman a shout at uh, you know because of the fact that. Uh, so many people are going to be off him from an ownership standpoint. So, I would uh, I would look at it and give uh, uh, give it a, a whirl with uh, Pittman uh, as a last piece because uh, it's uh, he's sub four K. You know, it's just really cheap. Next up, Vegas going to play the Steelers. Here's what I just said: West Coast team Monday night primetime football travel for a one o'clock game. I want no part of the Raiders. Uh, Pittsburgh five and a half point favorites. I'm just taking the Steelers, even though I hate, I don't not, I don't like the Steelers this year. I don't like the Steelers. I don't think they're very good, but I have to take. I still have to take the Steelers in this spot because, again, you know, you try not to get cute with. Uh, some of these teams, especially when you know they just played a very tight game in primetime on Monday Night Football. It, the letdown is just too great here. I, I, I got to lean towards the Steelers, but I have no interest in the fantasy output of these teams. Uh, the, the Steelers' offense still looks in shambles with uh, Big Ben. Like, Big Ben just does not have the velocity right now. And it's already the like we already went through this last week, like you know they beat the Bills, but like I just didn't see any zip on the ball. Like I'm worried about the Steelers. I'm just being perfectly honest. Like you know, I already tell you like they're probably uh, missing. I don't even think they get the 500. Like the way Ben looks right now. This is the healthiest Ben's going to be all year. And he's still looking this shabby. I want no part of the Steelers. But I still think their defense gets them across the finish line to beat the Raiders, who just played Monday night. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take the Steelers to cover uh, in a picks pool. I wouldn't bet this outright because I can see the Steelers falling flat. I told you, Ben does not have any zip on the ball. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, this is reminding me so much of Drew Brees. Like, there's no zip on the ball. Like, Eli still had zip on the ball. Even uh, as much as I hated Phillip Rivers, he still had some zip uh, on throws. Ben has no zip. This looks like Drew Brees. I don't know. Like I said, the Steelers looking rough. Very rough. All right. The other, yeah, so Philly and San Francisco. Uh, Eagles, three and a half point underdogs at home playing the 49ers. Listen, the Eagles had had a win over the Falcons. The Falcons are absolutely awful. I do not take any stock of that victory. I think the 49ers, even with their running back issues, with their injuries, uh, you know, to Raheem Mostert, uh, losing him for the rest of the season, uh, 
I'm just looking at it. It's like Eli Mitchell and Sermon. Like someone, someone's going to take over that backfield. Uh, from the initial outset, it's going to be Mitchell. We'll see how it lasts, but I still think before long you're going to see Jermichael Hasty uh, in that in that mix, uh, getting more carries. Uh, I don't think either of those guys is going to be the long-term uh, solution for the, the season. I think it's going to be running back by committee and ride the hot hand because that's how San Francisco likes to do it anyway. But uh, in terms of uh, the DFS pieces, I'm avoiding this game. Uh, you know, the running back by committee, Philly, you know, I know folks are going to be looking at Rager and Devonta Smith, but uh, 49ers are much better defense than uh, the Falcons. Uh, just not going there. The game I am on, and it's, this one could cost me. I'm taking, I'm going to be on... The Saints. So New Orleans traveling to Carolina. Carolina is a three and a half point underdog. I'm saying here, Carolina had a win over the Jets. No one really takes the Jets seriously. Jameis Winston, on the other hand, looked very good for the Saints in his opening debut. Very, uh, very impressive debut. Now, I know the narrative is, you know, all the Saints coaching staff has been in uh, COVID protocol uh, for violations. Uh, you know, they just stomped Green Bay 38-3. to Even without those coaches, if you put in that same effort again, you should be getting the W over Carolina. Uh, you know, could they, like, be reading their own press clippings? Yes. But I just think they're a better team than Carolina. And if Jameis uh, has, a, has a running game to, to play action off of, I think there's a monster spot for Jameis Winston. I, listen, he's going to be in my main lineup on DraftKings today. I just look at it and it's like, I'm, I want to play Jameis. I want to play... Marquez Callaway, who busted last week, so people won't play him. Uh, and Deontay Harris uh, showed so, uh, some signs of being quality. I think you stack those three, you you save so much money because Callaway's only 4-2, the Harris is uh, 3,900. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just a play where you can squeeze in more premium uh, running backs. And wide receivers, so uh, or wide receivers uh, in that extra spot. I'm just looking at it as saying I'm going to be heavily invested in uh, this Saints team this week. I mean, well, today, but I, I, I'm just looking at it. It's like you you stomp Green Bay thirty-eight to three. I I have a tough time seeing you f- like just cratering immediately today. Uh, even if it's not playing at that same height, like I still expect points uh, in the twenty-seven to thirty rate, uh, like, and that's good enough for the price tags involved. That, you know, you take that all day, every day. So, I'm just saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be on the Saints and Jameis. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, t- to me, the spot works. I, I, you know, you were playing on the road last week anyway. It wasn't your home stadium. You had to play out in Jacksonville, going to Carolina. This, I, I just don't see really the downside with the Saints. And maybe that burns me, but I just don't see it. I don't see the downside in the Saints uh, uh, this week. As we head into the afternoon games, ooh, yeah, let's get this dog out of the way. Tampa hosting Atlanta. Atlanta's going to get stomped. But the line is 12 and a half. Tampa was sloppy uh, when they played Dallas last Thursday. Uh, I, I'll say this. I think Tampa rolls, but Atlanta could do that, uh, you know, 
they 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 could do some uh, nonsense backdoor cover late in the game. So I expect Tampa to be up three scores throughout the game, and yet still I could see Atlanta chipping it this into inside uh, two touchdowns late in the game. You know they as they do the nonsense nonsense uh, moral victory like the Giants did. Uh, uh, we're trying to do. Against the Broncos. And, I mean, we, we all know how the Giants lost uh, this past Thursday. I I don't want to even talk about that game just because of how miserable I am about how that went down. But, um, yeah, uh, just, take, just take Tampa. And the bounce back spot here is Mike Evans. Uh, I know AB got uh, the run last game. I know Godwin got some looks, but I, I think Brady now uh, is just, you know, peppering the dudes that he wants to pepper. So Gronk is still in play. Uh, I'm afraid of not having enough Gronk because I, I could see the general public just playing Gronk because they don't know other tight ends. It's got me a little nervous, uh, to be honest, because Gronk is 4700 and pricing-wise, it doesn't work for a lot of my builds uh, to force them in there. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, uh, that's one player I'm actually afraid of burning me is uh, the fact that Gronk could actually uh, have a monster game and I just don't have enough ex- exposure to him. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, going on to uh, the game that, that quite frankly, scares me. Yeah, so the Cardinals versus Vikings game, I am so scared of this one. Because Kirk Cousins can throw for three or four touchdowns or throw three or four picks. I don't know which one we're going to get. But to me, this is like one of those sneaky games that I'm not on. And I'm really, really feel like I should, I'm going to have a Kyler Murray lineup. But, like, the problem is, like, Arizona has so many weapons between Nuke. Uh, obviously, they got A.J. Green now. Uh, Rondell Moore's been looking good as a rookie. Like, Arizona just has so many weapons that it, it it's, it, it's going to be a frustrating team, I feel, this year. Because Kyler Murray is so good that... I honestly feel as though if you're playing Calumert, you're going to have to have multiple lineups. And I don't want to go multiple lineups in this game because I don't really know what Minnesota team we're going to get. Like, it's like you got to be able to have a back and forth game where Minnesota's putting up points. But there's very po- it's very possible that... Uh, Minnesota just lays an egg and Arizona's defense shuts them down. Like... That's my concern with this game. It's like this game could easily shoot out, and I could be dead like in the afternoon if the uh, early games I want to target don't go off. Like I said, it, 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 this is a very it, it's it's interesting because uh, you know I don't really know. I really don't know. Uh, how am I going to play this one? But there are so many weapons. Like I said, on Arizona, I want to play. And then on the Minnesota side, if you believe in Kirk Cousins, and, you know, over the years, Kirk Cousins has given us uh, plenty uh, plenty to think about. It's, uh... You like that? You like that? You know, I, I, I gotta... You can't ever count out uh, Cousins, uh, in my opinion. It, it, it just, it is what it is. So, you know, Thielen's in play. Jefferson's in play. They're going to get the bulk of the offense. It's just one of the, it, it, it's just one of those things that as long as Cousins doesn't completely, like, uh, uh, <laughs> run the uh, truck off the road, uh, man, I am afraid of this game because I'm, like the more I think about this game, the more I should be targeting this from a DFS perspective. I mean, Arizona's a four and a half point favorite, 
But man, I I swear if this game gets into a shootout, we could be looking at a at like a combined score of somewhere in the eighties because I know these offenses have it in them. It's just a matter of what uh, which Kirk Cousins shows up for the game, and I just don't know. And it's like I don't want to be committing that many lineups to Arizona if Minnesota's like in the form Minnesota's in right now. It's like I'm not. I don't know what I'm gonna get. I'm and I'm not running 150 lineups this week, so maybe I should have run 150. I don't know. I I just I feel as though th- this one this one this one can burn me, and I don't feel good about it. The more I think about this, the more I'm wondering if I should start tinkering. But it's it's a little late in the game now. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll leave it at, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, the other game I'm afraid of it is afternoon slate. It, this three games slate, uh, well, four games slate, but you know, uh, Atlanta Tampa is going to be a, ta- a Tampa stop, which I talked about. Um, Seattle hosting Tennessee. Seattle back at home for what seems like forever uh, with fans. Uh, so the 12th man will be very loud, loudest uh, loudest stadium in the NFL by far. You know, this is not a good spot for Tennessee. But the one thing I'll say is this is one of those sneaky spots where Derrick Henry, the Seahawks have an undersized defense. This is one of those sneaky spots where Derrick Henry can just go on a rampage. And I like calling Derrick Henry soul leader because every time I don't play Derrick Henry on a slate as like part of my strategy, it usually it just ends up him eating my soul as I stare into the void, because like the man just will drop a forty burger at the drop of a hat, and it's just like there's nothing you can do about it once he gets rolling on that rampage because you can't tackle him. And like I said, Seattle's undersized defensively. This could be an awkward spot for them. I mean, they're used to tackling uh, uh, guys who were tough to get down, like Chris Carson, but Derek Henry's another level. <sighs> And the thing is, he's expensive, so he's not going to be played that often because, you know, if you're going to pay up at a uh, running back, you're going to be playing, uh, you're going to be playing Dalvin Cook, or you're going to be playing Christian McCaffrey. It it is hard to get Derrick Henry in lineups, in my opinion. I just don't want to do it. It it, it just, it is what it is. I just, I don't have a great feeling about this. And the, and the truth of the matter is, you know, much like the Arizona-Minnesota game, this could end up screwing me royally. And, you know, I, I, I just have to, you know, sometimes you have to be comfortably uncomfortable when you're doing DFS and, and just say, hey, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know how this is going to play out. But it is entirely possible that Derrick Henry smashes the slate, and he's going to be low-owned. I mean, he's already projected to be very low-owned from what I can tell uh, because, again, that price tag of 8300 is, you know, when you look at the rest of the slate, guys are priced up this week. It's it's not that easy to get Derrick Henry in, especially when you can go to Nick Chubb. I, I, I feel like Chubb is just such is a better play and a more consistent play than Derrick Henry this week. And yet still, from a smash standpoint, Derrick Henry can smash Nick Chubb's numbers this week. It, like, it's possible. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Cleveland is still going to give carries to Kareem Hunt and just mow down the Texans. They don't need to keep feeding uh, Nick Chubb 25, 30 times. Even though... Nick Chubb could absolutely feast in that way uh, consistently, in my opinion. When you have a Kareem Hunt as well, it takes away those carries. So it's like if Chubb gets the ball 20 times, I know he's going to get me a buck 20 or buck 30. If Derrick Henry's getting 30 carries, he could go well over 200 yards, and it's not going to be a surprise. Uh, the problem is, is that I easily see a scenario where Tennessee gets so far behind, they can't get Chubb into the game. And, you know, this is why we always talk about it from a risk-reward standpoint. How much are you willing to risk? Because 
you know, I could see Seattle going up. I don't necessarily see uh, Tennessee going up and then using Chubb. Like, like I said, it, I could I could get it wrong. I I could I could get it wrong, but um, uh, it, it's uh. It's a, it's an interesting uh, dynamic here because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm a little worried. I'm a little, I'm a little worried uh, to be honest uh, because uh, I, I see Derrick Henry versus the that Seattle defense and I know they're undersized. It's just, you know, it is what it is. But on the Seattle side, you know, you got to look at it from this perspective. Uh, Seattle home opener. They're going to be amped up. Five and a half point favorites. Russell Wilson should be able to get the ball out to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, I know the Titans secondary is not very good, so they're going to try to lock down on one of them. Uh, my guess would be the other guy pops off instead. It's a coin flip who that's going to be because one week it could be Lockett, one week it could be Metcalf. You know, and they both have upside for over 120 yards. They, like, they both have that capability. But they could, but like I've said before, this is one of those situations, like, just like with um, uh, Thielen, uh, well, was it? Yeah, did I say that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said this before about Thielen and Jefferson. Like, one's guy is going to go off, the other guy isn't. It, it's. It's hard for both guys to go off the way Russ uh, is as a QB. He tends to lock in when he gets in a groove. He, you know, if he's he's very much a if it ain't broke, don't fix it type QB. Uh, you know, I I could I could see Russ uh, I could see Russ uh, locking in on one of these guys and the other guy not getting nearly as fed. So. You know, the Seattle side is the safer side to play and can put up numbers. Uh, I just don't know if Tennessee, if they fall behind early, if Derrick Henry can get going. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. I I hope not because that means I am absolutely screwed fantasy-wise because, like I said, I'm not running 150 this week. I'm I'm kind of sticking try to true with... uh, you know, uh, 20 lineups. That could be a bad mistake given this afternoon slate, but I, I didn't want to try to spread myself out too thin. Um, so I wanted to concentrate on certain games uh, and not necessarily get sucked into just playing the afternoon only, which I know is a viable strategy, but I'm trying to get a little bit different than what most folks are going to be doing. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's an, an interesting uh, game to say the least. Uh, but, uh, you know, played Tannehill last week, got burned, but I think Tannehill in, in the run back, uh, where I think Seattle's leading, I think he can have a very good day. I want to see who gets, uh, uh, the workload from AJ Brown versus Julio Jones, because I, I think AJ Brown's going to benefit from T uh, teams, double TV, Julio Jones. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, should should be an interesting one to say the least, though. But I hope it's not interesting. But it, it has the potential to be interesting. And finally, for the afternoon slate, we have Dallas traveling to uh, L.A. to play the Chargers. But it will be a Cowboys home game because the Chargers have no fans. Like this move was a disaster. You know, moving uh, from San Diego to Los Angeles was a disaster for the Chargers. They have no fans. They get out-cheered in their own stadium every time. And before, people used to make the excuse, oh, it's a soccer stadium. No, it's the fact that the Chargers are, you know, say whatever you will. They are a third-tier NFL market. Like, First tier, obviously, you got Dallas, you got New, uh, New York. Like in terms of just overall fan base size, uh, Steelers. Like you got first tier, then you got your second tiers where you're you're, you're looking at 
you're looking at the Phillies of the world, the the Kansas Cities, uh, you know. But the third tier, you know, Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins, uh, like, dwarf, like, and the Dolphins haven't won anything, but they dwarf Chargers fans. Uh, you know, Cincy fan base dwarfs San Diego's fan base. Like, I'm sorry, moving that team, it's just, it's going to be an issue. I don't care uh, how good SoFi State looks. It, it's just, it's going to be hosting the Super Bowl, but I'm telling you, the the fan base there is still going to be more on the Rams side. And even then, the Rams weren't that huge of a team in L.A. Like, the L.A. teams, they're going to have problems in their own stadium. I'm just saying that. So, like, when I see the line showing minus two and a half for the Chargers, I, I get why the odds makers are saying that because it's not a true home game. It's going to be like the Chargers are on the road. So I get why the line is only a two and a half favorite for the Chargers. As for the team itself, uh, I like Justin Herbert. I, I like all the weapons. The one thing that scares me about this game, and, you know, people say it's conspiracy theory, you know, whatever. I don't give a damn. But, the Cowboys, how they lost against the, uh, uh, the Buccaneers opening night, and the offensive pass fears I called, you know Jerry Jones has been working the refs the last week and a half, and the Cowboys are going to get calls to this game. They absolutely will get calls to this game. So, while I am going to take the Chargers as the home favorite, not going to be shocked if the Cowboys somehow pull this one off. It's not going to be shocked to me because I feel as though there's going to be a lot of penalties called on the Chargers because they got to make it up to the Cowboys and Jerry to make them feel good. You know, it's going to happen. I, I feel that's inevitable. The question becomes, can Dallas avoid shooting themselves in the foot unnecessarily and I, I think, you know, these are the kind of games that Dallas bounces back from because people aren't necessarily expecting them to win this game. When Dallas isn't expected to win, that's usually when they play well. It's when they are expected to do well, that's when they stub their toe. And, you know, I just kind of look at it from the standpoint of Dallas underdog on the road. I think they play well. They may even end up uh, getting the W outright. Uh, but uh, fantasy-wise, there's a whole lot to love about this game. Obviously, you have Dak, you have CeeDee Lamb, you have Amari Cooper. I'm not... I don't hate the Zeke play here. The reason why I don't hate the Zeke play here is that Zeke's price has come down quite a bit. So there's still a very real chance Zeke can go off if uh, Dallas gets into the red zone and they just start feeding Zeke inside the 15 with carries. He could definitely get in the end zone. Uh, so there, there's definitely opportunity to play Zeke. I'm going to be focusing more on Cooper and Lamb uh, with Dak in the passing game. But, you know, I, I, I look at this and I just got to say, the, the, sometimes things look too good to be true. I, but, you know, I'm not going to overthink it this week. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to go ahead with... What, uh, what my head is telling me and what I should be playing. So I like the Saints. Uh, I like targeting this Cowboys-Chargers game because I like uh, Justin Herbert and Cook and Keenan Allen as a stack. I think it should do well. You know, like I said, I think there are going to be penalties in this game benefiting Dallas. So the Chargers could fall behind. I like that catch-up script uh, where they're just going to be chucking and you don't necessarily have to worry about uh, how many touches the Chargers run game is going to get with Eckler and uh, possibly suck it up uh, uh, suck it up some carries uh, but uh, you know in in terms of it's like the highest point total of the slate over 50 you know I just look at this and I'm saying this should be the game to target I know it, it could backfire it could definitely backfire but you know like I said, I'm, I'm not going to try to overthink it with game theory this week. I'm going to try to get, play it pretty straightforward and, and kind of go from there.
So that wraps up uh, the afternoon games. Sunday night football. I'm, I'm probably not going to do a showdown slate for Sunday night football. Um, I'll probably come back for Monday to try to do showdown and recap what we kind of went through this week. Uh, so that that's the intended plan uh, for the weekend. We'll see how it, that goes. But for Sunday night football, Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite against the Ravens. Uh, for showdown slates, this is very tough pricing because you cannot afford, and you'll see it uh, when you start trying to price uh, these guys. It is very hard to get Mahomes and Lamar in the, in the same lineup, along with uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. You're gonna have to make a decision somewhere. Uh, Lamar. It's just so expensive. He's eleven thousand eight hundred, but Mahomes is twelve six. You know, it's just hard because then you go Tyree killed ten six and Kelsey's ten four. Like you can't fit all of them. There's only so much salary available at, at uh, for uh, DraftKings, and same deal with Fanduel. They they are all priced up. It is very hard to you have to choose one of the studs, and then. Try to see uh, who else you can fit in. So, uh, for showdown purposes, I'm actually looking uh, at Devonta Freeman at 400. Uh, the Ravens should be running back by committee. Um, for some reason, Tyson Williams is priced higher than Latavius Murray. Uh, Murray was getting the work in the second half. That's who the Ravens really want to turn to if Murray shows them anything. Uh Maybe Tyson uh, will get the full uh, workload, but until I actually see it, I can't be paying up for Tyson now because he's going to be 6800 and he's not seeing the bulk of the carries. It's just going to be too pricey with the other guys that we need to have. Like I think you can't get away with fading Lamar or uh, Patty Ice in showdown slates. I, I just think that's a very very bad idea uh, for what these teams can do. And if they do it, it's tied to the quarterbacks. So uh, I I just don't see it. I think you got to make a choice here. And then, you know, the other play that you got to think about is who on the Ravens you want, unless you're doing just a Lamar only build, which I'm okay with. uh, But, I'm thinking I'm going to be doing a lot of Lamar Freeman only and just fade Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Like I said, this could end up being a very disastrous move on my part uh, as I talk here early on before uh, the, uh, the games kick off. But, you know, if this somehow turns into a passing shootout, and Lamar is able to run and throw, you're going to need the Ravens pass catchers. I just I just don't want to go down that route. Uh, I, I think I, it's it's getting a little too cute uh, because I think the Chiefs are going to... Well, I'm going to have to think about this some more. Because I can see the Chiefs playing up to stop the run. And then that should open up the middle of the field for Hollywood Brown over the top and just have him run against the Chiefs. That's something that, I, yeah, I'm going to have to think about this some more. But, uh, you know, I, I would say you're going to need a salary saver. Uh, Devin DuVernay is 2200 on DraftKings, 6500 on FanDuel. Like I said, I brought up Freeman. He is a DraftKings only play. He's 400 on DraftKings. He's 5,500 on FanDuel. That's a hard pass on FanDuel. Um, but definitely uh, in play on DraftKings. Um, Prochet, James Prochet on the Ravens. Also an option. Like I said, I'm I'm probably going to end up fading uh, Andrews and Hollywood Brown just so I can get uh, Kelsey and Tyreek in there with uh, Mahomes. Uh, uh, Mahomes or LeVar captain, you know, it, it, like I said, you're, you're going to need to be able to find money somewhere 
and I think you got to go cheap, uh, cheap with these uh, punt plays uh, to get there. Uh, and that's like my initial read on Showdown tonight. But since I'm not doing the show later on today, uh, that will have to do. Uh, other thoughts uh, for uh, Sunday. Uh, I know folks have been asking me about baseball. And I'm just going to say this one more time. For those of you who have not been listening to the podcast for, I don't know, four months now, I told you from the outset the Yankees were not a playoff team from what I had seen. And even as far back last month, I told you that the trades that they made were very, you know, it moved the needle, but I didn't think it would necessarily move it enough because I still wasn't convinced that they were better than the other teams in their division. So you really shouldn't have been surprised when you saw the Yankees get smacked by Toronto in their own in their own building. Uh, you know, the, in the Bronx, Yankees got smoked by Toronto. But you're seeing them stub their toes against Baltimore. You're seeing them get smacked around by the Indians at home. Here's the thing, and I keep saying this, and folks don't want to listen to it, but the Yankees do not play a consistent style of baseball. They are trying to slug the hell out of the baseball, and if they can't get homers, they're not doing squat. Period. It's the same issue going on with the Padres. The Padres have lost their plate discipline, and that's why they're struggling lately. Yes, the Padres have pitching issues because of injuries, but the issue with the Padres right now is, right now, they're not playing sound baseball. Same issue going on with the Yankees with their plate appearances. They are trying to slug when, realistically, sometimes you just need to put the ball in play. So, you know, you got two disappointments in the Yankees and the Padres because you got teams that, you know, people who say weren't any good. Like, I think the Giants are the best team no one actually gives any respect towards. I think the Giants are really solid, and it's a veteran group of hitters that just know how to play baseball. You know, it, it, it's not that hard. It, it's like, you know, you can do a- analytics all you want, but at the end of the day, if you put the ball in play, more often than not, good things are going to happen for your team. If you take if you take good at-bats, which the Giants do. It's what the Padres were doing for most parts of the year until... The last month and a half, you know, I think everyone got a little home run happy and just started swinging for the fences. The Yankees been having this problem where everyone's trying to swing for the fences uh, pretty much on the roster. Uh, You know, I told you Joey Gallo, yes, he got hurt, but Joey Gallo was a three-outcome hitter when he got traded to the Yankees. Homer, strikeout, and strikeout looking. You know, you're not going to get good at bats. I'm sorry. These are not what these guys, uh, what uh, what they do. And with your roster so skewed in the wrong direction, the struggles are real because you can even lose to bad teams when things do not go according to plan because your only plan is to slug and nothing else. You You got no plan B. There's no plan B with the Yankees. So they need a big start from Garrett Cole today. Do I think he gives it to him? I don't know because to me, Garrett Cole this year has very much been indicative of the Yankees where if he's not in the bully position where they've got all the momentum, he hasn't been that great. I'll be honest. like His best performances have been when the Yankees are on win streaks and are just bullying teams uh, in that front runner position. Right now, the Yankees are backpedaling and struggling, and usually that's when you need a stopper in your race. But to me, this year, Garrett Cole has been pretty much a bully. Uh, like, every time he gets punched in the mouth and, and things aren't going well, he kind of retreats. Hopefully that, that changes today, but I wouldn't be shocked if Garrett Cole kind of lays a stinker. It would not, or pulls the hammy, whatever. It, you know, it it is not... A shock to me to see the Yankees struggle in September. You know why? Because I told you guys this last month and you didn't listen to me. You you, you kept saying that like I was being way too negative. But guess what? It is what it is. 
they're not as good as you thought they were. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know how else you, you want to phrase it, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I can't make the Yankees better. You know, it's just, you know, the sooner that they start getting rid of the dead weight like Gary Sanchez from the roster, the better. Glaber Torres cannot play shortstop. He has to play second base. I, I've been saying that for two years. At least. He's got to play second base. DJ LeMahieu, because, uh, you know, you rather have a power-hitting first baseman, he's going to have to play third, and Gio Rochelle has got to go to shortstop. Like, this is, like, these are things that should have been identified before the season started. Now the Yankees are trying to do all these tweaks late in the year. It doesn't work that way. So, maybe the Padres make the playoffs. Maybe the Yankees still find a way to make the playoffs uh, and, and get back into it. But I'm telling you, some of the high, highest payroll teams that are heavily favored are very much in danger of missing out on the postseason, and it's because of basic identifiable things that, you know, you get into very bad habits, and it catches up with you come September. When teams start ramping up, uh, you know, it's happening. I mean, there's no way the Padres should be losing to the, to the, I mean, seriously, the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, really? Like the Cardinals stink. I don't care what anybody says. That Cardinals team is hot garbage. I can't, if the Cardinals somehow make the postseason ahead of the Reds and, and Phillies and Padres, I cannot wait to just bet the farm against the Cardinals because to me that that is one of the that's one of the more cakewalk matchups. And the problem is that because of the wild card format, like you know, you're you're likely to see the Dodgers against the Cardinals. Everyone's going to be on the Dodgers, and then from a DFS perspective, I'm going to have to start playing St. Louis and pray that somehow the Cardinals pull off. The, one of the biggest upsets in baseball history in a one-game playoff. That's how stupid this postseason is shaping up to be. There's no way this Cardinals team, no way, I repeat, no way this Cardinals team has any business winning a wild card spot. None. I, I don't care. Every single team in the NL should be ashamed of themselves if the... Cardinals, <laughs> like, win a, a playoff spot. I can't. I can't. I absolutely can't. Especially after they traded for John Lester and Jay Happ, who both suck. Suck. They are the worst. I don't care. I don't care how well they pitched up to then. You know how trash they are. Complete and utter trash. The world. Don't care. Don't care what the numbers say. Utter garbage. Can't wait to see how this all shapes up because, I mean, this closing stretch is ridiculous that the Padres, because you, you saw Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis argue with each other last night. And this is the rare time that Machado's right. Tatis was in the wrong. Is it good to call him out in public like that? No, you'd rather call him back inside privately so you can chat about it. But, you know, Manny's a hothead too. So sometimes things like that become public and everyone's piling on Manny. Hey, hey, Manny said what needed to be said. Like, you know, Tatis did not take good at bats. Uh... Uh, for what was going on in that game. So we'll see if the Padres bounce back because they cannot get swept. I mean, getting swept, I mean, I'm sorry. The Cardinals stink. They absolutely stink. I can't I can't stress this enough how garbage the Cardinals are. The Phillies have a negative run differential this year and are still better than the Cardinals. I don't care. I don't care what it says. The the Cardinals literally are one of the worst teams in baseball. I I 
I don't. I I I just I just can't. You look you look at the Cardinals, and you tell me. I'll I'll, I'll I, I like we're already over an hour for the podcast. I can't even get into baseball. But man, you watch, you literally watch uh, how, uh, it, you know, you literally watch how th- this is uh, this is gonna play. I I just I just don't know. I I don't know. It, it it's just uh, it, it it it's 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 looking at it's looking at it's looking it's looking rough. It's looking rough for baseball if the Cardinals make it in. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, that's all for now, folks. Uh, good luck with uh, NFL lineups uh, as I get this uh, uploaded. Uh, and, uh, yeah, best of luck with uh, uh, the picks today and uh, all your fantasy stuff. So that's all for now. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.